To Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, we just welcome you to another exciting broadcast of this uh, ministry, Faith on Fire. And uh, we're we're speaking on that subject again, that G word, that giving word. Giving. Giving. And uh, we, again... Jesus, don't tune out. Don't tune out. Because <laughs> this is a good, this is good. And we've been speaking on the, on the keys of the kingdom. And again, as we speak on this subject, you know, it can go forever. Because Jesus said, in my father's house are, are, are many mansions. And, and there's many doors that goes to the mansion. And he says, in Matthew 16, 19, first he declared that the gates of hell should not prevail against the church, the body of Christ. The church is not a building. It's us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he said the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And then he declared, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you don't allow won't be allowed. And I believe that these keys are commands with a promise. They're uh, the promises of God. And they're found in his word. So as we... Uh, commit ourselves to be students of the scriptures and we submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And again, a lot of people believe that they can just do God by themselves. And I'm reminded, I was speaking with my spouse yesterday in Ephesians 4:11. He said he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And the next verse tells you why he says for the equipping or the training of the saints. So we grow up to look like Jesus. So again, if you don't have those, that fivefold ministry or no spiritual leader in your life, if you're not assigned to a ministry or a pastor, you're really out of order. Cause the Bible says in Roman, how can they believe in unless they hear, how can they hear without a preacher? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So God's going to, all of us have an anointing, but God's going to give your spiritual leader anointing, and he's going to download some things to him. He's going to give him some revelation of the scriptures, and not like what my pastor said. He says, you know what? He said most of the revelation is not in the black letters of the Bible. It's in on the white in between the black because <laughs> you see stuff in the word because the word is living and powerful. But anyway, God's going to give us these keys or the this wisdom, spirit of wisdom and revelation 
in order to live successfully on earth. Because God desire, he said in Matthew, well, his desire is that his kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're going to, as Christians, we got to be transformed by the renewing our mind and find out, well, how do I live this successful and this abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us? Well, you're going to need the keys to success. And those keys are found in the will of God. The will of God is always in the word of God. And that first key we talked about again was faith. That's the master key. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. There it is. That's impossible the master key. To know God. And you got to always remember that one. Faith. And faith is trusting and believing. And I make it simple. Faith is just having confidence in God's word. Because God and his word are like wet and water. You can't separate them. I can't separate you from your word. So if I get God's word, I get God. And my job is just to trust what God said and put faith in him. Remember, Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. And the believing part comes from you. <laughs> the right. trust, the confidence, you have to put confidence in God. See, we finally have to decide, do I really believe this or not? You know, we talked before a couple uh, weeks ago about Abram. You know, mm -hmm. God tells him to leave his family, leave his home, leave all that he knew. And he believed God. He he trusted God, so he did what God said. And I was listening to a broadcast this morning on my way here, and they were talking about how Jesus quoted what the Father said, you know, having faith in him, believing in him. And if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. So, again, God just wants us to trust and believe in his word. And Scripture says in John, in the beginning was the word. So if God was in the beginning and his word was in the beginning, and he said you've been born again not by corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God. That's over there in first Peter. So God said, just trust in my word and my word are going to be the keys for your success. And that first key again was faith. We talked about that second key because the Bible says that without love, faith won't even work because God is love. <laughs> right. First John chapter yeah. four. Twice. Then we talked about that old P word, that perseverance, which a lot of people don't have any patience. They want to hurry up and do stuff. And God says, no, look at the farmer. He waits patiently for the harvest. He don't plant the seed and be rushing it the next day. Come on, harvest. No, he knows how to be patient and, 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 and prepare the ground and 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 take care of Take care of the, the seed that's in the ground. Even though he can't see anything, but he takes care of it. He go put some water on that dirt like he's seen something. And he tells us, you be like that. And then we went to that this one that we're on now, that giving. And, and God so loved the world, he gave. And God's a giver. And then the kingdom of God, that's another key that we can utilize to, to enter this abundant life is giving. And we talked about it last week, and we decided to go another week on giving because Again, all of these keys we can talk about forever, but we just wanted to talk one more week on giving because we believe a lot of people, you know, we're selfish. And, and again, we've been programmed you know, in this country to be selfish. And, and, you know, I would say that maybe it's even more subtle than that. It's we're fearful. We're fearful we won't have enough. Right. And so we have Thank you. to hoard <laughs> because we might not have enough. We don't see and this is where it comes back to believing again. God said, you know, and we looked, I think it was last week, when in Malachi, when God says to give, to give your tithe as you were told to, that he would pour out more blessings than your storehouses could hold. And I'm not sure that we believe that, see, because we only have X amount of dollars, and if we give it away, give it to God or whoever, 
then we won't have X amount of dollars anymore and we won't have enough for ourselves. And so where belief comes into even in the giving is, do I really believe God when he says that if I give, he will give me more back than my storehouse? Do I really actually believe that? Right. Or if I give this, then I'll I'll lack. I won't have enough. And so a lot of people... It is, it's more fear, I think, than anything else. It's the fear of, will this work? And that's why in Malachi, God says, test me in this. Because I think in some ways we almost have to test our own faith is, do I really believe that well, this Well, will you happen? do. And as I was driving here this morning, the Holy Spirit was just, and lately he's just been, I've been just seeing this one particular scripture. And it's the scripture, it's what Jesus declared when he started his earthly ministry. He said, the kingdom of God is as, is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And that's where a lot of people are. They won't believe the gospel. And we understand the gospel is the good news that came from God. So he's just saying, repent, come back and think like me and just believe it. And a lot of people won't believe Malachi 3. 8 through 10. They don't believe in 2 Corinthians where he says, I'll make all grace abound towards you that you have all sufficiency in all things. It's like they don't believe it that he says in Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And God said, because the Bible says with the heart one believe. He didn't say believe in your mind. He said believe it with your heart. And all you have to, and here's the thing about believing, you'll act on what you believe. Yeah, you'll go ahead and that's one of the proof that you believe I did it. <laughs> right. Well, see, that's, if if you believe that that you won't have enough, you're going to hoard. Right. Peter believed when the word, which is Jesus, told him to get out the boat. He acted on it. He got out because he said, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come to you. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat. He didn't. Yeah. OK, Lord, I believe it's you. And thanks for telling me to come. But I'm going to stay here anyway. No, he got out of the boat. So that's what it means. Faith without, again, works is dead. He said, just like the body without the spirit is dead because let your spirit leave your body. Yes, your body will be dead. He says, so then faith without works is dead. So when we faith comes by hearing the word of God, too, when you hear God's word on something, he says, now, I want you to just employ faith. You you exercise you release faith concerning what I said. And I, I posted it on Facebook the other day. It says, you know, when we get born again, we now have the ability to use God's ability. But God's ability is only released on our behalf as we put faith in it. Faith releases the ability of God, meaning our confidence, our trust, our acting on what he said. If God says do this, remember he said something about since we're on giving, what about forgiving? He says if you forgive others, you'll be forgiven. Well, and then you go back to Philippians chapter 4 where he says, in everything, in prayer and thanksgiving, give it to God, and then the peace that passes all <laughs> right. understanding. So now, again, that's, it's, that's still that fake key. See, that fake key goes with everything well, else. Right. I mean, you know, most people don't think of faith and giving being together. It's all but together. you can't give unless you have faith that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Well, you... The Bible talks about in James doing anything in doubt. You sh can't give. You're not giving in doubt. Oh, I'm gonna give, but I. I well, well, then your faith still works because well, you give. You doubt. You're not gonna give. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and, you, and if you doubt that your seed is gonna grow, 
it's not going to grow. It's like a farmer. He's planting all these seeds. I doubt if I have a harvest this year. He doesn't even say that. He doesn't go planting seed and doubting for well, see, a if he, harvest. Right, but I mean, if he doubts it, he's gonna. He's not going to plant the seed. Right. Why plant the seed if I if I'm, I, I believe? Because you're going to believe something. If I believe I'm not going to have a harvest, well, why would I, I plant the seed? I might as well just say the seed to next year. So, again, I t- that's why Jesus said repent and believe the gospel. He didn't say believe the non-gospel, believe the good news. And that's all we have to do as believers is believers is believe the word of God. That's what it means to have faith in God. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Well, God in his word is one. So if God tells you to do something, have faith in it. If he tells you he loves a cheerful giver, okay, God, you love a cheerful giver? Well, I want I want you to love me even more because I'm a cheerful giver, or I desire to be a cheerful giver, because that's what pleases God. And again, us as believers, our main focus should be pleasing the Father. We shouldn't be men pleasers. We should be pleasing to God. Over and over in the scriptures, it talks about be, being pleasing to God and not pleasing to men. Because again, I said it yesterday, the other day in service, me and God are a majority. So if I'm pleasing him, I'm good. I said it earlier before the broadcast. All we need is Jesus. All I need is Jesus. If I got him, I got enough because he's all. God's given him everything. He has it all. Everything's under his foot. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. And the scripture said he allowed us to sit together with him in heavenly places. But while he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, scripture says he's making intercessions for us, for me. That's good news for a guy like me that Jesus sitting at the right hand of God, the Father, talking about me. And it's good. <laughs> right. Uh, he ain't gossiping about it. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> well, about we got Vince on that one. Yeah, yeah, we got him on that one. Look at Jesus. Look at him. No, well, he's happy with what we're doing now because we're here igniting people's faith on fire. And, and God ordained and orchestrated and directed us to do Before this. Before we were born, he knew that we would be doing that. Right. He, he, this is what we were made for, to do this. And he's, he's happy about that. They're talking about us in heaven right now. Look at those two guys out there igniting faith on fire. And they're, they're talking about the word. Their faith is getting developed. So that's what about, and again, uh, I don't want to go there. It's something I heard on this broadcast this morning about Jesus. And I know we're on the subject of giving. You were saying about, you know, Jesus is the famous one. And I was, uh, it was a broadcast I was listening to this morning with another personality. But you were, they were talking about how Jesus is the man, the man. (laughs) And I got, I was listening. I have this program that I bought a personal development called The Brand Call You. And it mentioned all these guys from Tiger Woods to Oprah, Bill Gates, all these guys in their brand. And they started up, I think they did the top 50 brands in America or in the world. They even mentioned Gandhi. But guess who had the number one brand of all? God. Jesus. <laughs> he's, they say he's known all around the world. He has hundreds of followers. Everybody... It was Jesus, and I didn't see that one coming when he said it. I agree with it, but when he listed all these people and he mentioned Jesus has the number one brand in the world, I was like, wow. So anyway, that was just on another note. But Jesus so loved, he gave. He gave his life. He you says, know, I no like one- that, that love and giving go together because God loved, he gave his son, mm-hmm. and that's what love does in, in all of us. And we're not just talking about money in that sense. Love causes us to give ourselves to somebody else. Love causes us to give our energy to a project. Love causes us to give whatever it is, and sometimes that's financially, 
that we give because of love. You know, you think about your spouse. What would you do for your spouse because you lo- you're willing to give anything, even your very life, you know, because you love them. And it's like your children. You love your children, so you're willing to do anything that you have to do for your children. Well, that's what God, God sees us as his children because we are his children. So what did he do? He gave his only son that we might be saved. And so love and giving go hand in hand. If I love God, I'm going to give him my time. I'm going to give him my energy. I'm going to give him my finances. If I don't, then I'm not going to do any of those things. Well, the Bible says the love of God compels us. And as you were saying that about, you get just gave that example about love. I, I have a loved one who's incarcerated, and they're about three hours away from here. I go visit that loved one. I give up my own time to go visit that loved one every weekend, every Saturday. I can't go on Sundays because I'll have a service. I go on every weekend I can't, plus holidays. Not only And I go and sit six hours with that particular person and, and just fellowship with them. Not only that, every Monday or Tuesday, I go and send them money as well, this particular loved one. And, and I do that. Notice I call them a loved one. I do that because I'm in, I love that person. And love compels one to give. And the right. scripture says God, God so loved the world, he gave. He gave Jesus. And the scripture says in Corinthians, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God. So he swapped out. He said, I'm going to give my unblemished lamb, my son, Jesus is called the lamb of God, without a spot or a wrinkle, I'm going to give him for you, for what Adam and Eve did in the garden, for transgression. I, I, I give him away. And he, the end of scripture tells us, you know, be imitators of God as dear children. So that's the mindset. That's the part of the mind renewal. That's one of the keys of the kingdom is being a giver. I always say big livers, big givers are big livers. Look at God. God's not a small liver. No, he's a big liver. Get it? Liver. No, he's a big, <laughs> he's a big liver. So we have to, we have to give uh, just because we love. Rich is over there laughing. <laughs> we, gotta, we have to give. We have to be givers. And that could be of our time, resources, I mean, I mean anything. anything, you know, and live to give. And once again, it goes back, I think, to believe. Do we believe God? Do we love people? You know, we're, we're commanded to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. And then the second greatest command is to love our neighbor as ourself. And love is going to cause us to give. Yes, it does. And it always <laughs> causes us to give. And it doesn't matter what it is. And that's why if you... Um, love somebody, you're going to give them whatever you have to give them to help. And it's the same way with God. And so if God says to give, then we are to give. And sometimes that giving is to our local church. Sometimes that giving is to another organization. But the things that we love are the things that we give to. Mm-hmm. You, I, you can tell a lot about what people love by what they give to. And that's giving their time. That's giving their energy. That's giving their money. I know people that give to the American Cancer Society. They give, they volunteer there and or they give their money to it because a loved one or a family member or a friend or whatever had cancer and they want to help in that fight. And so you can tell a lot about what is important to people based on where they give their time, where they give their energy, where they give their finances. And God says he wants us to love him first. He wants us to love him the most. And when 
we do, it causes us to give to him. Well, I'm reminded what Jesus said off of what you just said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you're going to give wherever your heart's directed to. He says, where your treasure is, I know where your heart's at. So I can, I, I used to tell people, I can look at your bank book and find out where your heart's at. I can look at your life on where you spend most of your time at and find out where your heart's at. And right. Jesus, if you get, don't get mad at me. Jesus said, he said, well, well, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Like you just use those examples because those people have a heart for those organizations. So they give of their treasure. Give. Yeah. So again, if our hearts is where God is, as our hearts are in heaven, that's where our treasure should be also. The things that we value, we should give into that. And that's what he's saying. He says, that's part of not just being a hearer of the word, but a doer. And we're going to, you're going to give something or not give, but he, God's saying, I want to give you the keys to have this successful life. So again, one of those keys is being a cheerful giver. Well, you know, you talk about where your heart is, that's or where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. If there's nothing wrong with that owning a boat. But if you take every penny that you have Ooh. and buy the biggest boat you can and take all the extra money you have to consistently keep that boat going, because what do they call a boat? A boat is a hole in the water in which you throw money. Right. And so that's and every weekend you're on the lake, every weekend you're in that boat, that's all you have time to do. That's where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. You know is. what? No. The same thing can be in a motorhome. The same thing can be whatever it is that you have. Mm -hmm. None of those things in and of themselves are evil, but you can tell where a person's heart is by where they're spending their time, mm -hmm. where they're spending their energy, and where they're spending their money. And, and I've witnessed people this. They believe God for the new house, and they got the new house, and you don't even see them at service no more because they're at home. I know a particular <laughs> couple. Every Sunday they're at home doing upgrades to the home now. They're in the yard, and I'm like, wow, God bless you with the home. It sounds like Cain and Abel, remember? <laughs> he, he wanted to keep the best. He wanted to worship the stuff. And God said, don't worship the stuff. Worship me, the one that allowed you to have this. Remember in Deuteronomy 8.18, he said, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power the ability, the creative wisdom to get wealth. So you got to always remember that and don't start worshiping the, the created things, but worship the creator. And worship ourselves as if we had got them on our right, own. Right, I, I did that. Yeah, patting yourself on you the know, back. Before, the, before we started, you know, back in Second Chronicles chapter 32, where we were reading before we even got started, that's what had happened to Hezekiah. Hezekiah if you look at chapter 32, beginning at verse 24, in those days Hezekiah became ill, was at the point of death. He prayed to the Lord who answered him and gave him a miraculous sign, but Hezekiah's heart was proud, and he did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore, the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. And so God miraculously heals him while he's ill, but he takes pride in himself. He doesn't thank God. He doesn't take pride in God. He doesn't mm -hmm. witness that it was God. He's proud in his own heart. He's proud in his own mind. And then God's wrath comes not only upon him, but since he's the king, it comes on Jerusalem and Judah, all of the people. Uh oh. Uh and so we have got to always remember 
not to take pride in ourselves and what we think we have provided for ourselves and what we think we have provided for our children, but to always remember that it's all the gift of God. Thankfully for Hezekiah, he doesn't stop with pride in himself. And if you want to read those next verses, he repents and he actually asks God to forgive him and then God does. And and again, to me, repenting means to go back, go back to the top and start thinking like God. And that's what he did. He started remembering it was God who gave him the power to, to do to win these battles, to do what he did. And again, I always say that these Old Testament examples are for our spiritual enrichment and edification. Basically, we can learn something from them. Because God's the same Don't yesterday. Don't take pride in yourself. Yeah, 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 That's you the number one something. thing not yeah, to God's learn. God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he, he wants us to, God always wants to increase us in wisdom and knowledge. And again, those are the keys. Those keys or spiritual wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that we may fulfill the plan and purpose and the destiny that God has on our life. I can't hire somebody to do a job at my company and don't give them the keys for success. If well, I do you that, could, it's not going to work. If I did, well, I'm basically setting them up for failure. If I didn't give them the training that they needed, it's just like you go in the military. They don't enlist you and then just send you right on the front lines. They, they, they invest time in you. And they call it boot camp, which is training. They train you. They give you keys or the training to how to be successful in in the military. And, and that's going to take some time. And God says, you know, we're in the army of the Lord. So anyway, God's going to give us these keys to live a successful life and to fulfill the plan and purpose and the destiny that he has on our life. Well, see, and then he gives us everything that we need. I, I've talked to people and they say, you know, I really felt like, they had a loved one, a family member, friend, whatever, who was ill in the hospital. And they'll say, you know, I really felt like I should talk to them about spiritual things, but I was scared to because I didn't know if I would know what to say, and I don't really know everything there is to know, and what if they asked me something I didn't know? And I tell people, God says that he will give you the words you need to say. So now, do I believe? Once again, we come back to this believing again. Do I really believe it when God says he'll give me the words? Because if I believe it, then I'm going to go talk to him. And knowing that when the time comes, God will give me the words that I need to say. If I don't believe it, if I don't believe God's actually going to do that, then my fear will keep me from going and I'll never go do what it was that God called and, me And to here's do. another thing on, on all that, which you said, it's, it's meditating on God's word. And again, I tell people, once you meditate on God's word, Meditation transforms what you believe. And it is, I was speaking to someone last night about fear. And I say, well, well what the Lord, what did God say about fear? Uh, the scriptures say he's not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So maybe you have to spend some time with, in meditating on God's word because that's going to transform, again, what you believe. You, you're going to start believing God's word if you focus and meditate on it because it's going to transform you. Is going to change what you believe. But we so, always have a choice. We can refuse to believe it. Right. Well, if you continue to meditate on it, I think the Word of God is living and powerful. And if I focus on it, it's going to transform what I believe. And uh, again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to thank you for joining us for this edition of Faith on Fire. And we just want to remind you, as you go through your week, keep walking by faith.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.